0: We've got a code! Use code VolleyPod for 20% off almost anything on the Art of Coaching Volleyball website, including premium memberships, coaching resources, and nearly all books. That's VolleyPod, V O L L E Y P O D. Use it to save anytime you're on the site. Are you ready to take your volleyball game to the next level? Every week on The Volley Pod, we talk to two top coaches who share their secrets for success on the court. From drills to build skills to strategies for boosting confidence, you won't want to miss this valuable advice. Tune in now and elevate your game today. Good morning and welcome to The Volley Pod. How are you today, Todd? Davis, I'm doing well. What's the latest? How you doing? You have a little uh, postseason now, a little break before club gets uh, rolling. Little break. This is the time where I like to gather my ideas before the club season, and then break. go into that.
1: <laughs> Everything's stage. percolating yes. there. You got all these ideas, <laughs> not, and
0: you're just going mad scientist. That, I love this time. It's my favorite it's time because cool. once we get to reality, then then no, I don't like it anymore. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but the planning is everything is opportunity right, right. it's just like it, it's all gonna work you're so, undefeated yeah <laughs> exactly so yeah so I'm excited so but I'm up on the skill this week cool what do you have so I'm gonna be talking about cool. the jump float serve oh is that important uh, I think so yes <laughs> and um you know I was a men's player and so I didn't do the jump float but you actually see more men's player doing the jump men's players coming back in the men's game yeah interesting and um there's lots of reasons for this i mean the main reason being it's hard to pass yep right and i'm going to talk about teaching it i'm going to talk about why you might want to do it if for younger players and i'm going to talk about some of the keys so let's get into it so first of all why would you want to jump float well i mean it's kind of obvious but some of the stuff um Makes sense, and you just want to add it all up. So when when things are moving in multiple planes, they get hard to track. So it's like if it, if it's able to be going down at you, um, as opposed to flat at you, um, that there can be some positive benefit to that. Yep. Um, the higher you are above the net, obviously you can drop it more. So that's one of the huge advantages. I really yep. think I'm big on the two bounce serve, right? The one that bounces two times looks like it's going deep and then drops. We just don't hit it hard enough. I love that serve. I find that serve to be really effective, and um, and it can also rise. Even it can stay high, right? So it, it's that it's that that ball that breaks on you basically, and it can have more breaking opportunity because you're above the net, right? Yeah. The other I really think is a, a hidden gem of benefit is the rhythm that you get by doing a walk-up or an approach into your serve. So if I'm a if I'm teaching young kids, most everyone teaches them overhand serve, standing serve first, and I understand why. I mean, I totally get that. But we teach them how to spike by jumping and hitting, right? There's it's possible, right? And so I guess what I'm getting at is some kids need that little rhythm of that walk up to A, help them time their toss, B, um, just get a little momentum into the ball and, and have a little feel of what's going on with their body kinesthetically. Yep. So I think there's some rhythm that can really apply there. And then some athletes will take right to the jump float first. I mean, I would say one in 20, not, not a ton, but if you were to introduce both of them, the standing float and the jump float, some would just go right to the jump float and they would never look back. So, why not? Interesting. Yeah. We always think that that's a progression, but maybe it's not a progression. I don't know if it is. Yeah. yeah. I think we think of it as a progression. You're right. But um, I, I like to just I introduce like it it. experiment early. and see. Exactly. And, and if they uh, get something out of it, great. And then the other thing is they can also be practicing their approach through it. And there's all sorts of benefits of, of that timing, et cetera. So, athletes can do this sooner than many people believe and here's when they are ready to jump serve in my mind. Okay. And I've been doing a ton of lessons this, um, you know, since high school season and people are hesitant to do it because they don't want to miss more than they do with their standing serve. Right. Right. It it makes sense. But my thing is if you're going to miss just as many, then we should be jump serving. Right. And so let's find their percentage on, standing let's find their percentage on jump floating if they're missing just as many we should serve a jump float because it will get more points on the serves that we serve in right and i find that a lot of times uh, athletes are hesitant to do that so let's get them let's encourage them to be aggressive
1: well and teaching and the other thing you didn't mention i hope you don't mind if yeah. i throw something out there i think we've talked about this before and that is somebody maybe you're five five and you know you jump you know five inches or whatever and the the actual geometry of jumping isn't really what what helps as much right right but there's that contextual interference and I ask every passer I said what is easier to see is your vision clear for a standing server or clear for a jump floater what what is easier to track Right. and it's always oh I'd rather have the person standing it's easier I can just kind of focus on that contact point and it's not going to vary it's going to be there that's a good point. and when you have that contextual interference of that approach and that jump and that swing all of a sudden now does that take your eyes off of how fast their arm is moving right and is it easier to tell how fast the arm is moving when they're not approaching and jumping that's a great my point. answer would be it's way easier. So jump floating is makes it tougher for passers.
0: Absolutely. No matter if you get higher or not. Right. And and, and I mean obviously the other thing we when you know it's not as high a speed as like a full-on hammer jump serve, but those move predictably, right? right. The jump float, when you do it well, it's dodging around. Yep. It's 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 tough. And we know that with the floater. So let's go over some of these cues. Okay. So The first thing that I think you should do when you're training a jump floater is train the sequence of the walk-up. And I like the walk-up to be, if for a right-handed hitter, to be left, toss, right, left, hit. And when I'm teaching new athletes, I generally have them toss with one hand like a standing serve and have their other arm already be prepared or loaded. Once they can load their arm though, I have them go into the two-hand toss generally. I, I think that's what i did i find that you have slightly more control with the two-hand toss and if they can get their arm prepared after they toss then i think it could be a little benefit to them but i'm not too concerned with that but the first thing you got to do is getting the the sequencing now the cool part about the jump float when you're working on the sequencing is the sequencing cannot be the same if their toss is not the same so that's one added benefit i really like about it so we want the the jump float a rhythm sequence to be a rhythm. So it's left, toss, right, left, serve, left, toss, right, left, serve. And if they are aware, then they'll have to toss their toss at a certain height and a predictable same height every time in order to uh, to have that same predictable uh, sequence. Um, and I, when I first introduced it, I have them say it too. And I know you like to do this I'm too. A, yeah, I'm a yeah. big, big fan of that. I just think that it, it just imprint the sound
1: Uh, it's rhythm, right? And rhythm is that music and the, the timing and tempo is, uh, when you say it, it's, it's different
0: than when kids do it without saying it. You have a rhythm. Yes. They totally internalize it. And that's, what's awesome. And then we'll talk about loading their arm. And for us, we want a small V so, um, not a big, I know everyone likes to load their arm really high. I like to have the arm fairly compact. And just with the elbow pointed back and stretched back. Um, We talk about them walking towards their target. This sounds obvious, but a lot of them walk straight and then kind of drift over over to their target. So you need to take a direct line approach, straight line, straight line approach towards your target. And then you got to make sure to hit the ball slightly on the way up. Okay. I don't want to stress this too much to my new athletes because they get in their head a little bit about it. Ideally, it's right on the top of their jump, but just on the way up, we would rather have that than on the way down right um land in the courts so these guys are getting so aggressive um with their jump float and they can they can hit it hard and i want to see them stretch their approach out a little bit and this is once they've got the sequencing down and they can prepare their arm but i want them to stretch their approach out and jump into the court and shorten that distance between them and the passer giving them less reaction time obviously and um and just more aggressive serve you know just they can actually get a little uh, momentum from that we call it hand of steel. So they have the hand of steel spread super big and I tell them to squeeze the blood out of their hand and turn their hand white. You know, so oh, I like that. That's kind of a new one. Yeah, I like that. Yes. And then also the hand wobbles where they lock their wrist and fingers pulled back, but everything else is loose. And Todd, you're seeing me do this weird motion. Yeah. Right? But my fingers and my wrist are locked. Those of you that see this on the uh on YouTube or whatever, you you know what I mean. But you want to lock your yep. wrist, but let your elbow and shoulder joint be loose, yep. right? So a lot of times when they lock their wrist, they uh, they lock everything. Right. And everything goes slow. Everything goes stiff. It yeah, goes slow and stiff, and we don't want that. And then hammer the nail. I love this yep. one, right? And then pop and pull. So you pop it and pull it back, um, and then hit it hard. I can't tell you how many times I've said in the last uh, last month doing all these lessons, just hit, go for speed. Let's be aggressive. Like you're trying to get them out of system and they're getting good. Be aggressive. It's okay if you miss some, but you want to serve tough all the time. So some common errors, okay? So letting the hand, like obviously the hand is the control piece of the serve, right? The, the palm of the hand. So letting that do whatever it wants is. Not okay. So you need to control it before the serve, through the flight of the, of the toss and on contact and even after. Now, when I say control, I don't mean stiff like we were talking about. I mean, we got to know where it is relative to our body and what has to be repeatable, whatever it is. I've seen a lot of different techniques for how they prepare, but all of them end up getting their flat hand on the round ball and then it stays there through contact. Like if you roll your wrist. It is never going to be a floater. And um, that's what I mean by letting the hand do whatever. We call it a sticky palm where you just stick it just like Spider-Man. You stick it right to there and you get a little sticky. And we can even do the partner ones where you have a partner in front of them. They ser- they serve it over, they hold it up, and they just walk over with their hands still up and give their partner a high five. Yeah, Right? Simple, mm-hmm. cool stuff. Yes. Um, now,
1: yeah. the the one problem I have with some of that stuff and and people do like the the wall traps and stuff like that. Yes. And the one problem I have with that, especially for young players is when they're young, we're trying to get their hand to move faster.
0: Yes, yes.
1: And if they're stopping their hand there with no follow through, I mean, if they're strong, you don't need a big follow through, right. right? Yeah. But when you're a young player, uh, how do you rectify that if you're giving lessons to a kid who's just starting to serve over the net?
0: Well, so i go speed over float when they're young so i would just i would not do what i'm talking about right now okay that's like, kind of what i'm asking yeah.
1: so you would just say hey swing and rip yeah, it exactly gotta, yeah okay, okay now if
0: it's going crazy out of their shoulder line or something oh, right yeah. but right. if they're just it's it's going to come down right when they want to hit it hard right. a lot of times and I would not do this sticky hand unless they know how to serve it fast already. Okay. All right. So, so this just, is a little more advanced over. for,
1: for it's not necessarily. So yeah, that's always my question I'm always trying to, to figure that one out. So.
0: Yes. Okay. So the other one um, has to do with the elbow and the loaded arm position. So you want the elbow to go straight from back to front, right? It, it can't be looping around. It has to have the same path every time. And what I find is that a lot of times it doesn't, right? So one easy little trick is to literally just tap their elbow before they serve. That's it. That's, that's the trick. And then they seem to be much more aware of where it is and much more aware of how it travels through the, through the path of the, of the, the arm swing, you know, Interesting. so, I yeah, like so it. just a little tap. And if it's really bad, sometimes I've even held the elbow kind of as it goes, not held it, it sounds wrong, but just kind of give it a little tap to make it stay up. You know, the, the shot put servers. Right. You want them to keep that elbow. Can they the, get that elbow in up, front and yes. then hammer the nail. Exactly. You can't push the nail, right? You, you cannot push, push the, the nail. nail. You gotta, you gotta hammer, gotta hammer the nail. Absolutely. Um, hand above elbow. So we talk a lot about alignment. Okay. okay. So alignment is key for standing serving, but also for jump float. Uh, your hand above your elbow, above your shoulder, no folding, no twisting no rolling the wrist. These are limitations. And so, we're trying to um, get them to do less. Right. You know, like, to decrease some of their movement. So, no, none of those things. When I say folding, no folding at the waist, not too much turning of the torso. They're gonna torque into it a little bit, but they should end up flat, kind of like a golf swing where you open and then close. You're not gonna t- turn all the way by it. And then, um, you know, these common mistakes, of course, tossing too far back and too high. Yeah. Right? So, let's just, Eliminate that right off the bat. Let's just say that's that's not allowed, you know. Um, so when you go to do your jump float, can you foot fault a little bit? That's okay. We okay. want to we want to stretch ourselves out. We want to yep. get into the blue. And uh, if you get into the blue, the course at coast are blue, so that's why I say yep. say that. So, um, anyways, and then the other uh, common mistake is contacting on the soft part of the hand, right? Um, and then finally, here's just a few little uh, items. Now, are you a, yeah. a,
1: are you a heel guy or a middle of the hand
0: guy? I'm more like on, like right on top of the heel. Okay. Yeah, more like palm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of right on the palm. So, yeah,
1: so yeah, I'm kind of a heel guy. Yeah, more heel. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I think when I would even say fist too for some kids that can't don't have. Well, power. I know they hate doing it, and yeah. I
1: always am trying to do it because it's for beginning servers. It's another five feet another serve, and they they hate doing it because they see it as you know, not cool or whatever, but uh, I'm always trying to get some kids to fisty it if they, if they have absolutely <laughs> power <Yeah>. outage. Yes, <laughs> and
0: that's common, right? So, I mean, I've had success training serving with a single item focus. Yep. I find it to be relatively complex skill for, for younger players. So, we'll just do one thing. And a lot of times it's tossing at the beginning. Um, we want to lock down one super important thing. And then move to the next thing they all want to go from zero to you know hundred right away right. so um, but the first thing should be sequencing if you can make that consistent then we'll do a bunch of toss and drop and maybe even two or three toss and drops and then you get to serve we do what we call the wall wobbles where you put their hand on the ball on the wall and I think this really this is this is one I think really helps them get a stronger contact their their elbows straight like they're contacting the serve full extended and you'll try to wobble their hand ac- across the ball mm. and they'll try to resist you. Oh, interesting. Right? And so it activates that shoulder blade and like all of the shoulder muscles that help stiffen out that contact. Interesting. Um, I haven't seen that one. Okay. And then the uh, wall serve ups where I'll serve the ball up the wall. So I'm just trying for speed. Right. Right. That's what you said, because one of the things you, you get when you, when you want speed is you finish down and that doesn't really help. Right. So can we follow through hard, but can we follow through up yep. a little bit? And then, uh, oh, I really like this one for the older kids, the wall serve bounce backs where you'll serve the wall and then it'll bounce back to you and right back to your hand. And then I also like the Goldilocks method for tossing, you know, um, like, let's try tossing it too far forward. Yeah. That differential stuff. That yeah. Trincy was talking about. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I got for uh, jump flow. I love it. Yeah. It's a lot. Of, it's my favorite serve to teach right now. And it gets a lot done. Good stuff. All right. And you're on the scenario All right, for today. Scenario starting a season
1: okay i have uh you know i, I told you i'm doing 11s and i'm working with uh your coach sid and yes, it's fun we're sharing a it. Uh, we're sharing she's the head coach of my team i'm assisting her and she's assisting you i think yep. so she has got two roles there and uh, we're starting with the 11. so uh you know i think when when people start a season it's you know you were talking about being a mad scientist and a lot of our mad scientists you know, thoughts revolve around how we want to play volleyball. Well, can we set faster? Can we Mm -hmm. defend uh, multiple defenses? You know, uh, should we swing block or not? Mm -hmm. So a bunch of uh, volleyball stuff like that. But I think that if you're starting a season, uh, you know, my favorite Pat summit, quote, it's not what you teach is what you emphasize. Mm -hmm. And so is it about the ball? Or is it about relationships? And what can we what is our philosophical foundation and you know last week jj was talking about that when he uh, got to arizona state and he had you know a four-prong philosophical foundation so uh how do you do that and i I think uh one way to do it is you begin with the end in mind and that is okay uh, a simple paradigm on the last day of the season what do you want your players to say That's a good, that's a great idea. Pretty simple. Yeah, I like that. And at Bishops, what we've done is on the last day of the season, we want our players to say volleyball was the most educational, most memorable, and most fun of all our Bishop school experiences. Nice. So, okay. uh, That's our vision: most educational, most memorable, most fun of all their experiences. And Bishop's is a cool spot. Oh yeah, a lot of great teachers. Absolutely. uh, A lot of great programs in the arts, and so that's a ambitious uh, goal vision for us. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Uh, For club, uh, that could be: Hey, this was the most fun I've ever had on team, or I learned more this season about volleyball, about myself, and about team play than any other season or i made lifelong friends this season or this was the most fulfilling team experience i've ever had whatever nice. that is can you identify that articulate it so the kids come in and they go wait a minute it's not about me you know as great as your float service you right. know right. uh uh explanation was it's not just about float serving there, there's bigger things here right. right and so we look at this kind of holistic experience. Okay. Uh, from there, from vision, we go to values. My high school team—we've talked about these before. Ones that I've used: uh, effort, teamness, attitude. What we call it ETA. And on day one, we name them, and then we identify a couple behaviors that we associate with them. Okay. So for effort, uh, we habitually give our best—mentally, physically, emotionally. That means we nice. go for every ball. Right. I mean, that's the the easiest way to do it physically. Hey, the ball goes over there. I go for it. Uh, and so that starts on day one. And then secondly, if with effort, uh, we wanna be great learners. Mm. And that's part of our effort, that idea of being great learners. Uh, teamness, uh, we wanna forge strong relationships with all of our teammates, not just a couple, but all of them, great. That's uh, great. and that's important to us. And then the second part of teamness is, we wanna take pride in sacrificing. So if we're if we have to pick up balls And I go and pick up ten of them. I take pride because I got ten, and maybe you only got two. I'm not going, oh, I'm doing more work. No, I take pride in the fact that I'm doing more. I like that. Okay. Or I'm not playing, and I take pride in that sacrifice that I can be great in supporting you uh, because you're getting a bunch of sets and getting kills, and I get to support support you as a teammate. That's cool. And then attitude. The last one, our contagious positive attitude sets us apart, so people can look at and go, wow, those guys there's there's a vibe there right they're different and then uh our positive attitude is most apparent when we face adversity so what does it look like when uh cathedral gets us 25 to 5. and can we still be in a situation where hey we're in next point focus and the 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 first point of that next set is the only one we can control let's get after it uh for the 11's team You know, Sid and I talked a little bit and ETA is, is I like it. I've used it for years, but it, it's, it's lacking some things, especially I think with younger players. Okay. And so we have a new one. Okay, let's hear the <laughs> New one PB and J.
0: <laughs> okay. For like our
1: it. 11s. What, what's it stand for? We're going to be passionate, bold, and joyful. Oh, with our 11s.
0: That'll fit perfect with Sid. She'll passionate, love, yes. bold,
1: and joyful. So for passionate, our behaviors, we love to play, we love to learn and improve, and we love our teammates. Yes. For bold, we communicate with intent and we go for every ball. Okay. And nice. for the 11s, that's big. Communicating yes. with intent, the uh-huh. 11s is big but exactly. so that's there and then joyful we live in the moment enjoy the journey and we're grateful for the opportunities to play and compete nice i like that one. so that's where we're starting and then uh from there of course we build the culture around the values so what are those habits what are those traditions what are those things we do every day when we come into practice maybe there's a quote on the board maybe we meet and you know, Sid's been doing a great job of giving kids homework okay. uh, on PB or J yes. and finding examples in practice like, hey, who was the, the best communicator who was really uh, being a great model for being bold today in practice. And then we reinforce that at the end of practice. So we get into these uh, traditions and these practice habits. So that we're reinforcing those all the time,
0: right? Very cool. so that's it that's really cool all right i think we go to uh, oh yeah i got a quick question and and then we'll go to the videos here in just a second so would you do something like okay we're we're gonna be bold and so we got to go for the ball we're gonna do like a coach on one or coach on two and we're gonna connect it so like here's a boldness drill something like that
1: yeah i like that i'm not a coach on one guy because all of my all of my stuff now is whatever we're doing we have to have more than half, half yeah. people doing stuff so coach on one days are over so we have to find other ways to do that or we can do coach on one uh with three players off to the side where some other people are doing they're playing you know on half court or something
0: but so uh, i guess the big question though is like would you just connect a drill to We want to
1: connect everything
0: okay so you'll say everything it, we do straight up we'll say it. everything we I do. like that yeah everything we do that's really cool yep. That's powerful it's powerful yeah. stuff Right on. Well, I'm on the videos and I got three videos about jump floating. Uh, the first is from Ryan Hofer from Trinity Wesleyan. It's advice for jump float serves. Okay. Um, the next is Craig Skinner from University of All Kentucky. All right. Uh, the jump float footwork and accuracy rhythm and lift. Okay. And then the last one is jump float as a weapon from your friend Karch Karai at the AVCA convention. And as uh, a weapon, I like that yeah, I'm we, into that term terminology
1: like that. now I've kind of picked that up like hey, how can you make your server a weapon?
0: yes, weaponized yeah, serving.
1: weaponized serving yeah. how can you what what's in your quiver there as a server? I like it what are you pulling out are you pulling out your two bouncer are you pulling out your you know your heater Tom Brady? what are you yeah, doing what are yeah. you doing?
0: I like it. I like it. All right, and you're up on the resources. Okay, point. the
1: resource is a little bit. I'm throwing you a little bit of a curveball on this one. Okay. And uh, JJ talked last time about some non-volleyball, yeah, uh, resources. And I have a pod that I listen to uh, called How I Built This. Okay, and it's a uh, very popular one. Guy, uh, guy by the name of Guy Raz does it. Yes. He's an NPR guy. Uh, but the one we're putting in the show notes is a guy by the name of Chris Reuter uh, and explaining the story of Spikeball. Yes, that's gotten so, so it's big. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And so you hear his story and uh, you know, the idea that, you know, JJ mentioned the fact that he gets ideas, yeah. you know, from different places and hearing these entrepreneurs, hearing these business people who go through these tough times, and they're almost out of business and oh, yeah. they kind of pull it out. You think about being a coach and going through and losing and then mm. bouncing back and. How you do that and it's uh i think there are a lot of parallels a lot of fun Absolutely. to uh to get that and guy ross is a pro he uh the man can tell a story oh man
0: he's good i gotta he's check that one so. out for sure yep that's awesome so that one will be in the show notes very cool well we had a great episode so be f- uh feel free please to find us on instagram at AOC.thevollipod and on twitter at the volleypod we always announce the episodes when they're coming out and we'd love to have you follow us on there hey, we got one
1: more thing before we got one more we, thing before we go we're we're going on the road javis that's right we're going
0: on the road that's right we're going to announce right now hey let's do it <laughs> okay <laughs> we're heading to
1: tampa Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay Florida for you're not supposed to call it the final four you're supposed to call it the NCAA volleyball championships I guess okay. the final four they say is
0: uh for basketball
1: is only for basketball but oh, okay. for me when you get four teams there and you play it's uh it's yeah. uh four and they're the finals and yeah. it's volleyball final <laughs> four but uh somebody's gonna get me uh somebody's gonna come and get me in my sleep for that but uh we're going and we're gonna have an episode there and we have some fun things planned uh for that and we're fired up
0: to uh, for that yeah for the
1: end of the college season hopefully we can see our friend JJ there. That'd yes be fun. that
0: would be super fun <laughs> yes it's a g- lot of great volleyball left to be seen so we're excited so once again thanks everyone for listening and thanks Todd well done Davis take thanks. care Bye. bye